Military Mom Talk Radio. We know behind every soldier, sailor, airman, and marine is the family supporting them. With over 200 episodes in 17 countries, over five seasons, with three million monthly listeners, we are Radio Strong. Now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, everybody, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Maria Romano. She is at True Love Knots, that's spelled K N O T S, truelovenots.com. And we're going to talk about love and dating in the time of COVID because I think that's been. You know, it's been kind of a relief for me not having to date because of all the lockdowns, but it's been also really hard for me and my SO, you know, my significant other to get together because, you know, he ended up moving to another state for a while to be near his family and help his elderly parents. So, but it's no different than people in the military all the time having different locations. So, but it's a different mindset for most of us. And that's why we're talking today with Maria Romano, because love in the time of COVID is a big deal. That is so true, Sandra. And, you know, talking about just you and your significant other, you know, you have a couple of different set of circumstances. You have people that are looking for love. And you have people that have significant others in relationships and they're ready to kill each other. So you have, you, have, you have two dynamics going on here. I know when I speak to my sister, she'll go, oh my God, my husband, Gerard's making me crazy. And this is what's happening. You have couples that always had outlets, right? Yeah. They had other things vying for their attention. So now they're together and they're ready to either, either they've gotten closer or they have actually grown apart and they need to work their way together again. Because when you have the other outside distractions, that makes such a big difference for people. I've combined with children at home, right? And, and parents that having to deal with them, the kids on Zoom, and that it's just, it's tough. But in the world of single people, because I'm single and I know what that's like out there. It's a little difficult because you have some people that are just petrified. So they become so reclusive and they're actually becoming depressed. Sure. That's what's happening. So you have a lot of depression and then you have some addictions that occur. And then along with the depression could be the medical side, because sometimes that takes a toll on your body. And, and, you know, life is so much better with love. There's no question, but, but, it's got to be better with the right person. Yep. And I think, you know, one of the things that that I jokingly, you know, talk about with my SO is, is that we're like Little House on the Prairie now because we can't get together. You know, we're in, in different different parts of the country. With my cancer treatments, I'm not supposed to be around anyone anyway. You know, like I've got to limit that. But then you add on top of uh, my 87-year-old dad lives with me and my two children. So we really limit our exposure and have for a long time. So it's amazing, Maria, because we've taken to writing letters And like real letters, like a stamp, like I went and bought love stamps online, you know, because when you get together all the time, you know, we live in different households. So when you get together all the time, you're like, well, I'll bring this. You don't think about addressing a stamp. Like I sent my SO a Valentine, 
a real one. Like I didn't just buy it, put a gift with it and hand it to this person. I addressed it, you know, mailed it, put it in the mailbox and hand wrote, you know, kind of like a love, love note. And, and I found that it's kind of weird and sweet and bizarre in a, in a digital world of, you know, yeah, we can do Facebook meetings or, you know, like, um, what do you call it? You know, Zoom meetings, digital things like that. We can have digital dates and things like that. But the sweetness of making a Valentine, because I'm not going to the stores. So I like cut the paper, make the Valentine, find an envelope. That process, I felt so much love. We weren't even together on Valentine's Day. There was nothing, but it was just the process. And I loved it so much that I made Valentine's for my friends. You know what? Just hearing that is just wonderful to hear because there's a difference. You said something like getting onto a virtual date. That's one thing because you can be doing two things at once. Taking the time to find, to write to really write, okay, you're really put, putting your all into it, your attention, and that's showing your love. Do you, I don't, um, there was some, there was a book published or that was by Jenna Bush. So Barbara and George's Bush's granddaughter, she's on the Today Show. Her grandparents wrote love letters to each other. As you know, he was what, our 40, 39th president, whatever he was, but oh before his son and, and they writing love letters and something like that. And even to your friends, just something like that. What you did is so significant because that saying, you know what? I really care about you. And this is why I did this. And I bet you loved, did he send you a great love letter back? Your SF? Um, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Shame on him. I hope he listens to this. <laughs> no, no, not really. No. But, but he, he, he said to me now, you know, cause not everybody is a lovey dovey person. Not everybody is a articulate person. This person happens to not be any of those things, but, but, you love him. <laughs> but what he said to me was I took that card and I put it on my kitchen table. He set it up and he said, it was so beautiful. Cause it was just, I kind of painted the front and I put a sparkle heart mm-hmm. sticker in the middle. And he said, I just loved it so much. Now, this is a person, too, who is so OCD about nothing being on the counters, nothing, you know, having a scent. You know, if you're going to buy dish soap, it better be unscented. Like, you know, so to have a piece of, like, clutter on the table, like, because you have to look at a reference. Like, you know, in a perfect world, would I get a love letter back? Yes, But the fact that this person who doesn't like any clutter, minimalist, everything would put this on the kitchen table in full view of like everything else being neat. That meant more to me than a love letter, like as silly as it sounds. I I bet he just, I bet he loved it and, you know, made you feel good. Maria, I'm just going to jump in for a second now, because as we talk about, you know, tokens of affection and and sweet gifts and ways to connect with each other, I want to share with you one of my favorites, which is Best Fiends. And it's a digital game that you solve tons of puzzles and you can play it with each other. You can play it with your friends. You can play it with your kids. You can play it with, you know, it's one of those games that that you just 
you feel safe playing with everybody. And, you know, when we were growing up, we would always hang out and play board games. We'd go outside and, you know, make up games. And the whole point of it was to spend time together. We didn't play for the sake of winning prizes. It was about having a good time. And yeah, we want to win now and then, but more often than not, we wanted the fun not to end. And that's what you get with Best Fiends. And with Best Fiends, you you get to solve all these puzzles with just the right amount of challenge and strategy involved. You know, it's not not too difficult that it's frustrating. It just hits that sweet spot. And it's way more fun than smashing candy over and over. And in fact, it's so much fun that I, I can't stop playing. I have to put a little timer on my phone. But I do find myself playing in places where I'm frustrated, like I'm angry because I'm I'm having to wait, you know, in a long line, or I'm frustrated because, you know, stuff's not getting done at school and the kids are late getting out. You know what? No problem. No worries. I just whip out my phone. I play a few rounds and I find myself changing into my normal, happy baseline. And it takes me from like frustration and boredom and, and like, just, oh, I can't sit in this line one more minute to Happy Girl. So we love that. And I love that when I beat up on the Slugmageddons, I can actually feel myself start to relax. And if you want to know what a Slugmageddon is, you've got to download Best Fiends. So download this five-star rated puzzle game, Best Fiends Free, today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's Best Fiends Free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's Friends Without the R, Best Fiends, Friends Without the R. And we're with my good friend today, uh, Maria Romano. And we're talking about dating post-COVID, you know, things like asking people if they have a vaccination card, if you're going to go out on a date with them. I mean, there's all sorts of crazy things that we're having to deal with that we've never had to deal with before, like in human history. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of different ways that people are connecting because of the pandemic and COVID. So, and actually, you know, it's interesting, you're talking about you with your SO. So now people that are actually putting themselves online, because there's a ton of people that weren't doing that anymore. They were afraid. So they realized, well, if they're going to meet somebody, now they have to put themselves out there. And people are actually getting to know somebody, getting to really know somebody, because COVID's the new condom. Right. Okay. That is, it's the new condom. I hate to say it that way, but it's true. What? And people are taking their time before before they're jumping in. And what's happening is, you know, you can even have these great virtual dates where you two can go and view Iceland together. So you're on your, you're, you know, we're on Zoom right now, whatever platform, then you share a screen. We can view Iceland, the highlands of the Icelands. We can go to Spain. And then you can have a conversation. Where would you do that before? Right. If you had made a connection with somebody, you met someone online, it's an introduction, you'd be having coffee, right? Maybe you'd have dinner. But to actually explore maybe some of the world together and get an idea of what your interests are, I think it's phenomenal. Phenomenal. I'm just sorry I haven't met somebody since then, but that's okay. My turn will come. Your turn will come. Well, and one of the SO dates that I really love is not digital. You like and we both agree, you know, like we both love the water. So I drive to a place where mm-hmm. I can see the water. He drives to the place where he can see a water. We have a prearranged time, like a meeting, literally, like, you know, Thursday at two o'clock, I'll meet you. And it's an old fashioned phone call. 
and we sit at the water I love it. and we talk about what we see, like he's seeing ducks, you know, I'm on the ocean. So I'm seeing, you know, those big, you know, things that with the, that dive in the water, I forget their names, but, but, you know, it's the weirdest thing. Cause it's like, we're together, but we're not, we're both sharing the same water experience, but, and then we talk about everything under the sun. So I think that if I can say anything, COVID has enriched the depth of our friendship and our relationship because of the isolation. Like we used to joke all the time, Maria, that like, if I was ever going to be in a nursing home confined to a bed, I want my SO in the bed next to me because we never run out of things to talk about. We both can make each other laugh, like just by making a noise. Um, and that really fell away from our friendship because it would get together like let's 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 have a dinner what nice dinner are we going to have and you know what movie are going to we watch you know where are we going to go to have an intimate weekend and those are all great things but they became routine so now having this different routine of going okay we're each going to meet and not on a computer screen and we're just going to listen to each other's voice and talk like i think that that's fabulous that you're doing that. However, there's a time where you, you know, love needs to be touched. Oh, sure. There's no question about that. And I, right now, what? We're almost a year into this. Right. For lockdown. Right. Which has been crazy. Nobody expected. I, I never expected it to be this long. Now I've just learned to say when we get back to whatever normal is, it will be. But what's important, too, is that we still, we need to then work our way back into socialization again. And even with your significant other or whomever you have out there or just getting out there and just dating, whatever it is, you know, we we can't listen. We're not shaking hands. How many times I'll meet a bride and groom and they'll stick their hand out and I'm giving them my elbow. Okay. Mm. Which at one time giving somebody your elbow would have been damn rude. Right. Right. Or, or even going to somebody's home as a drive by heck. I come from New York City. A drive-by is a shooting. <laughs> so, right, so now we have this new normal, and then now we're going to hopefully get back to whatever our new normal is going to be. But there are a lot of people that are still stuck, yes. and they want to get out there. And, you know, you're fortunate you have a great relationship, and you two are working on your relationship, and you're going back to the basics. And not everybody is like that. You know, not everybody is fortunate to have that. So they, it's a matter of just re-examining what your own relationship's like if you have somebody in your life. And if you don't have somebody in your life, not to just reach out and, and start dating somebody. There's a term called the ap- apocalypse dating because people are afraid that something like this might happen again. They don't want to be alone. And you'll never be right for the wrong person. Right. You'll never be right for the wrong person. And it's important that you take your time and this is what's great about COVID, whether you're meeting somebody online and you move it to offline, you know, people are now going into parks. That's the biggest first date location. I see the bar. All the time. I walk in the park every day and my my little one, my 14-year-old, he has a girlfriend who's 16. Ooh. So, I know he's dating an older woman, but but the whole funny thing is their quote unquote dates. Cause my kids are not allowed to date in my household till 16. However, I've made a, an exclusion for this because I see them, they go to the park, they make a blanket 
and they like each parent drives them and they bring a little picnic lunch and I walk around the park so they're supervised like it's nothing anything you know going on but I see people picnicking in parks on a date. It's that's what I joke about little house on the prairie. Like we're going back to these, like I'm mailing a letter, going to the mailbox, waiting for the letter to come back. You know what I mean? Like the pony express (laughs) in the park are the most beautiful things I've seen because they're two people without the pressure of sex without the pressure of intimacy, without the pressure of of picking the right restaurant and and, and doing all this. I'm sure people can get tweaked about a a basket in the park. You know, they can make anything stressful. But the simplicity of just, or people walking, walking dates I've seen in the park. Well, actually, you develop a better connection when you're walking side by side with somebody. There's something about it that you are a lot more open and you're able to just communicate a little differently. And I love that for walking. I am not a big fan of that for dating. For people will say, well, let me sit next to you at a restaurant. I'm sorry, that to me. <laughs> I have a hard time with that. I want to see your eyes. <laughs> okay. okay. I think we're both spectrum. Like I could see that, you know, like if we're both on the spectrum, we have a hard time sustaining eye contact. Okay, we can sit side by side. But yeah, that would be weird. Yeah. But, you know, I think the thing is today is, is there, there's, you have listeners, you probably have a lot of, you have single parents as well too out there that are looking to date again. And I've spoken to a myriad of single parents that are going through, they're going through their divorce, they're going through their challenges with trying to figure out, you know, as far as custody, so on and so forth. And then you're trying to bring somebody new into your life. You know, how do you do that? And this is great, because we're not rushing into a relationship. And we're taking our time. And I really have always cautioned any of my moms and dad that have children at home. First of all, you know, your kids, first, your kids are the first in your life, besides yourself, right under you. That's the first thing. And then before you start introducing them to anybody in your life, you just want to make sure there's no guarantee, but you want to make sure. And that's what's nice, you know, not running out there and just, you know, trying to choose somebody because you're afraid there might be another pandemic coming. And I I hope we don't see this again in our lifetime or anyone's lifetime. But I think that it's given us an opportunity to all actually look back at the world, like you said, and examine what do we need in life? How much stuff do we need? Right. And and, and do we need a do? Like, what can we do? You know, can we go have a picnic on the beach? Can we have a picnic in the park? Can I mail you a letter? Like, that's something I can do. There's lots of things we can't do. Right. You know, there's a great um, show on Netflix that just came out as a documentary called The Minimalist. And it's two gentlemen. I don't know if you heard of it. They do this documentary, right? Have you heard of it? Where they? I, I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. Yes. Well, you, you listen. Should go, go listen to it. It's a great show. Great guys on decluttering your life. But you know what? I, I think it goes beyond just the physical. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's also the mental and the emotional, and this is what it's causing us to get back to and really digging and tapping into ourselves. Like you said, writing something, just writing a letter, just communicating to your significant other and telling him what you're seeing, okay? Instead of going to a phone and finding the answers. Right. It's getting you to think. It's getting you to use your brain power, which is great, which is good for that. So there's a lot of things I think that are happening because of this, again, Nobody likes to be socially distant. It is a tough thing. But it's almost as if the universe is saying, 
hey, pause. We need to, uh, although, you know, people have died, unfortunately, before, because of this. And that's not what, but the point is pause. Like how many things do you need in your life? And I think it's gotten a lot of us to really examine what's important, just like friendships. Although there's a lot of friendship fade too, that's occurred with the pandemic. Well, sure. But, but that's clutter. Like, you know, like I, 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 I don't mean to sound yes. kind, but there's a lot of people that like, that's what cancer, like I, I'm not, you know, cancer is healing me. <laughs> I'm not healing the cancer. Like cancer has allowed me to say no in places where I couldn't, you know, where I'm supposed to volunteer. Well, I'm sorry. That's a treatment week. I can't do that. Like I've been given like the great get out of jail free card in some ways. <laughs> But COVID also, for a lot of us overworked, overstressed single parents, COVID has given me a great break. Like, I don't have the pressure, Maria, of of getting dressed up and going to a concert, getting dressed up and going to something on Friday and going out to dinner on Saturday and figuring out how to juggle the kids and, you know, do all this stuff. It was like, all of a sudden, there was like this calm that came over my household. And even in my SO relationship, there was so much less pressure if you allowed it to just be okay with with whatever the ra- the road was going. You know, I think a lot of my friends with their SOs are like, well, if I don't get together and have sex with him, he's going to find someone else and he's going to, you know, you've got to trust your relationship. And if you don't have a relationship, I think in some ways COVID was a relief for many people. Because it it gave them permission to be single and be home because everybody was home single. I mean, it, within respect. Yes, yes. You know, you're a hundred percent right, and that's true. And you know, it's interesting where you said some of your friends felt they had to go out and have sex because they would find someone else. And if that's the you're right, then there's no foundation. You have to have a great foundation, and a foundation you know has to start with you know a good cement, as I say, you have to make sure it's poured properly. And if it's based upon just the lust side, then it really was never a good foundation. And I think that's what happens, you know, in early stages of relationships, some people do wind up going through that chemistry, but you really have to have that connection. Even though, yes, it's chemistry. My SO and I, we laugh about all the time. It's like the only people that I really want to cultivate relationships with, whether it's an SO relationship or someone else, is like my nursing home buddies. Like if I was in a nursing home and I'm stuck in a bed, who do I want to surround myself with? Because the whole point of the stuck in a bed analogy is if, if you're not beautiful, if you're not dolled up, if you're not going somewhere fun, if you're not able to be physically intimate, you know, because you're stuck in a nursing home bed, who do you want in the beds around you? Like if you had a five person nursing home room, who would be in there, Maria? The five, right. Exactly. The five people that you want to serve. Absolutely. And um, I definitely have always said that to people who are the last five people you text, who are people in your life that are there for you, that will be there for you. And that's the difference. Um, You know, it's this person that's going to be there as you're up trucking and helping pull your hair back. Right. Not because of how great you look. And, you know, you have the other side where people fear the FOMO, the fear of missing out. They feel like they have to be, they have to be all over Facebook. They have to be all over Instagram because the fear of missing out in the actual real world. And, you know, it's interesting because I've taken even the time, anything that I've posted on my social media content, and and probably I'm, you probably feel the same way about what you're doing. It has to be meaningful. It's not a picture of me all dolled up or out. 
it's something where maybe it's my grandkids and I having a great day together or my dogs and I, but it's about, it's more or less about what value, what purpose do I serve when I show up? And I think that's the key thing is people need to show up and be authentic. And this is what COVID can do. You can shed everything else. It's like taking the makeup off, right? It's a, and like saying, okay, this is who I am. And I'm, you know, I am burying my soul and be there. But the same thing happened to, like I said, on social media, we really social media is a great platform for certain things. And as you know, it got a little cray cray with the politics. Oh my gosh, people aren't speaking people, even, even husbands and wives, people that it's like, Oh my gosh, you should, of course you have a difference of opinion. Your person, you know, you're Sandra, I'm Maria. We don't have to have the same thing alike. As long as you have, you're able to handle conversation well and that's one thing is couples were finding out that they couldn't handle conflict well and conflict is something that is you need to know how the both of you handle conflict before when you start to get into a relationship right because if it gets nasty it's never going to end well right well and that's like what I've learned you know I used to watch my ex-husband fight with people and I'm like wow he is really nasty he's really you know and I'd be like you know and I kind of would go like you know, this was after I married him and, and I, I, I don't think I should have been surprised, but I was when the nasty was turned at me, you know, like, that's the thing. It's like, do you really think this person's going to somehow not turn it at you at some point? Like that's, you know, and, you know, with respect to social media, I found like, I've had to have some uncomfortable conversations with friends. Cause they'll be like, well, did you see my post on this? And I'm like, no, they're like, what you mean? You're not on. And I didn't want to lie and say, I'm not on. And I'm like, I loved you. So I needed to snooze you. Like I couldn't watch your offensive post because I really want to like you. And when you're in lockdown and you can't see your friends and you can't have the restorative relationship and all you get is some like haywire political nonsense when I just want to see your kid in a Halloween costume. Like I want to see, you know, I don't want all this stuff as a daily diet for myself. And, you know, it was funny, Maria, I I went through 14 um, immunotherapy treatments as part of my, you know, treatment for the cancer that I had. And the first time I put up a post, you know, I put, made sure that the needle wasn't shown, like I put the mask on, but like, as I got sicker from the treatments and as I, you know, had good days and bad days, like I didn't put makeup on, I didn't curl my hair to go to. And I took a picture because about halfway through the 14 treatments, like treatments seven, eight, and nine were really hard for me because I started feeling sorry for myself. I'm like, why am I sick? You know, why I have two kids. I take care of my dad. I do charity work. Like, why am I sick? You know, I had those moments of, and I put up on Facebook and I, and I wrote, I said, you know, it's, these things really help me, you know, that somebody says Sandra strong, or you've got this, you can do this. Cause you know, with, with treatment in a time of COVID, nobody can go in with you for the treatment. So you're in there, you know, getting your infusion and so is everybody else and you're all alone and it's a really lonely feeling. And, you know, I put these pictures up and I got a lot of positive support, which is what I needed, you know, and I'm, I, I make no you know bones about it, but I look at some of those pictures and go, oh my God, like I really look sick in that picture. And, you know, when you look at social media, there's one girl in my town, she's a single mom, like I am, she has a new hot boyfriend about every six months. And she has to put the 
post up of them kissing. Then she has to put the post up. I love my honey. He's so great. Here's my roses that I got at work. Like, it's like freaking bachelor show on Facebook every four to six months. And my kids are like, mom, why don't you ever put the pictures of the flowers up from your SAO or SO? And I'm like, sometimes I do Maria, but my relationship with my SO is it's private and it's loving. And for me to, I'm just going to say the word bastardize it by promoting it on Facebook. It's one thing to say I'm appreciative of these flowers. It's another thing to be like Sans version of The Bachelor. And you know these people. They're they're dolled up at the vet, holding their pet with their makeup and their hair, and they're photoshopped. Like, you know, those things, like when you talked about the authenticity of social media, we don't all have to look ugly in every picture. But it's okay to not have your makeup done if you're sharing something. It's okay, you know, we don't want to go look like Einstein, you know, at least comb your hair. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's different now. You know, that's so true because I've taken to where I will post myself on social media, no makeup on, outside, getting ready for a jog. Doesn't matter, the lighting might not be the best because everything doesn't have to be perfect. What should, what you should do is always show up, always show up and be present with whatever you're doing. And that's the key thing. You know what? That's great. If that your friends or whoever, you know, is posting pictures with their significant other every six months with roses. If that makes her feel good, that's fine. Right. However, at the end of the day, it really, a relationship between you and your significant other is between both of you. And that's what it's all about. It's not showing the world, you know, hey, I got this new, he got me a piece of jewelry or he got, really? I mean, that doesn't make the relationship any better. What makes the relationship better is knowing that you show up for each other, yeah. that you support each other, that you're your biggest coaches and cheerleaders. That's the key thing. To And this is where I think the social media, well, social media has gotten out of hand because we have been what? on our social media a lot because we're out of touch with some people although now we're getting back into the real world and i just think it's a matter of just finding when you show up and you are the authentic you and you know your purpose you realize everybody doesn't realize how beautiful and how handsome each individual person is when they show up as who they are and not who others think they should be Right. Or, you know, like slim down cheeks and look, they had a nose job and their eye lift and everything, you know, done, you know, digitally and uh, <laughs> genetically modified. That's what I call it. <laughs> what is it called? Genetically modified, right? There you go. You see, everybody wants to look like the beautiful Kardashian girls who also have been genetically modified too. It's like, right. it's crazy. Yeah. You know, and it's okay to put a filter on, you know, if you don't want to No, nobody wants you to look like the crypt keeper. Let's be honest. Like you don't have to make the picture so real. Cause that's the question that I have, you know, when I was really sitting home a lot, I had a lot of time to, to ponder like what is real, you know, like if I put makeup on, is that any different than me using a filter and getting rid of shadows under my eyes? Like, you know, I don't have shadows under my eyes every day. You know, I'm not taking my likeness and I'm 150 pounds, making myself 98 pounds. Like, you know, there's, there's limits to these things, you know, but like my one friend put a picture up, uh, my childhood friend put a picture up and she decided she wanted to stop 
coloring her hair because of COVID. Like, you know, she has like kind of chin like, and she always had the greatest hair. And she had beautiful, like brown, goldy hair. Like, and then it turned out to this, this beautiful salt and pepper. And she's like, I had no idea how pretty my hair was till I couldn't get it colored. She had like half a head of whatever. And then she finally got it cut again after like a year. And it's only the gray. It's fabulous. And I wrote on there, like, people were like, oh my God, I had no idea you were gray. Ah, like things. And I'm like, oh my God. And rock in the gray. Like you look gorgeous because hair of any color of any cut of anything can be beautiful. It doesn't have to all look, you know, like my hair, Maria, it's the same hair I've had since I was born. It's a big white strip in the front, curly, black, you know, different, different colors, red, gold, blonde, whatever. It is what it is. And I can color it, but it'll all wash out anyway. Well, you know what? Everyone is different when it comes to hair. I have to tell you, I had COVID in November and fortunately I was supposed to visit my sister. I was coming up to see you guys, but I couldn't. I had COVID and you do have a tendency. Thank God my hair is coming back, but you sort of, you go through little after effects with COVID and that's one of the things. And I think for a woman, we, our hair is very significant. Like you were talking about my hair is still intact with the cancer treatment because you don't know. And as you know, the early, early cancer treatments, as we know them, most people lost their hair. I mean, they would upcheck, they lose their hair. It was just, it was tough. And women, you know, we, we feel better when we look better. And I don't necessarily mean we have to be fashion plate. We have to feel good. I think when you feel good, you look good, but you know, you talk about how, we have to show up and we have to have our hair properly done or we have to, I have shown up on social media, like I said, without any makeup on, you know, I, except for, I will always be dressed. I will never, never be not dressed. That's right. right exactly. That's the key thing. But you know, we, for we, the today, the advertisers, right. That advertise all these beauty products and things, you know, we have as women talked about this and nowadays when they have an advertisement, they'll say, if, the advertisement has been touched up. Okay, they will tell you. And we fought so long, right? right. We fought so long to get to this point. And let's not go backwards. I mean, let's just, you know, people are beautiful just the way they are. I mean, I love these women that strut out in clothes skimpier than me. These big, big, beautiful women. And I think, you know what? They're rocking it because they know who they are. Well, and I just own it. I couldn't do that. Like I am so conscious of weight. I'm so conscious of, you know, let every lump and bump, you know, and it's the way that I'm made. Nobody made me that I don't blame magazines. I don't blame, you know, society. I don't blame anything. I have been self-conscious even when I, you know, I was a a swimmer. I swam and even in college and I was always self-conscious Maria. And I always felt like a big giant horse, even though I look next, I stand next to other women. I'm not a big giant horse, but (laughs) but I'm just saying that's the, the perception I have. So when I look at someone and I see these women, these big, beautiful women with thighs and hips and boobs and, you know, big shoulders and great big hair, I'm like, I wish I could be that free. You know, well, not, not judge. Right, not judge. You know what it is so true? We are we are our worst 
we're our worst enemies. As we say, we self-sabotage ourselves as women. And, you know, especially too, we were talking about how we got on this subject because I love talking to you, Sandra, and everybody loves listening to you. We went all around full circle, but it goes back into especially using the same analogy for dating people getting out there and cope, you know, love who you are. And when you love who you are, when you really love yourself from roots to boots, it's going to show because that makes a difference. And this is a tip I give all my clients is when you're walking into a situation and you kind of feel a little unsure, take your love tribe with you. Now, you know, maybe it's somebody that's gone. Like it could be your mom, somebody that's no longer around and just have them on your shoulders because those are the people that say, Hey, Sandra, you know, you're good. Sandra, you know, you've got this, you know, you're rocking this. And we allow society to dictate how we feel. You know, it's no different. You walk into a gym. Come on, you you work out. You can, and you see all these girls that are perfectly made up. It's like, I don't go to the gym that way. I'm sweating, okay? And my hair is up. I have no makeup on. Right, right. And funny, I can tell you a funny gym story, you know, because until I, I, until recently when the gyms closed, you know, I was a spin instructor and I would specialize in like over 40 spin, but I'd have like a lot of these like teens come into my classes. And one day I had done, I had just flown in from New York City. I had had done some work out there and and this is where I got COVID, which is great. But, you know, so I come back and I, before I was sick, my hair was colored, cut and blow dried for the television work that I was doing. I had on my permanent, um, semi-permanent, like um, where they dye your eyebrows and your eyelashes. So nothing's going to leak on the hot lights. I had been suntanned with a spray tan, you know, the artificial, you know, um, airbrushing and I showed up in my spin class and I hop on the bike and I'm looking and the whole class is like uh, like their jaws dropped <laughs> you know because I'm, I'm blonde so I have no eyelashes I got the opie eyelashes I have no eyebrows unless I draw them on you know I'm kind of a, like a roasted tomato pinky white but I was tan like you know I I was a complete like facsimile of myself that's funny and they couldn't believe they're like wow you're really beautiful and I'm like does that mean I was ugly before like you know like in your head you just go but you know and I've done that before I've been on camera and I leave to pick up my kids and go to the school I walked by a bunch of moms one time for kindergarten picking up my kindergartner and people didn't recognize me they had so manipulated everything you know, that my hair was pulled back. It was in a tight little bun at the nape of my neck. So much makeup on. And I had on this black pantsuit, you know, that looked beautiful on camera. But because I was late coming back from L.A., you know, I walked by these women and they're like, who is she? And I'm like, hello, it's me. Like, duh. Me. <laughs> but it just shows well, how far we can get away from our true selves. But they're all our true selves, Maria. When you're dolled up, that's you. When you're natural, that's you. When you're sick in bed, that's you. That's the thing that cancer has taught me is that these are all versions of the truth. They're all versions of me. That's interesting because what you made me think of is when we show up and let's say we're, we walk into a place for service, think about how we are judgmental. Oh, sure. Okay. So maybe maybe what's happening today with COVID is people won't be as judgmental. I hope not. First of all, we can't see the face because we're wearing masks most of the time, depending upon what you're wearing. And people will judge you 
when you walk in and the type of treatment you receive is how you carry yourself and how you're dressed. And, and that doesn't mean that that person coming in that's dressed down is any less of a person than the person that's dressed up. Right. So I, I think that it, it's really it's a matter of just going back to the basics. And this is what COVID has done. It's gone back to maybe the traditional way of treating people and getting to know them and getting to know ourselves. Right. And know that we are not... Um, we are not our best photo of ourselves. And I'm going to share this, even though, Maria, you're only going to be able to see it. But, you know, my SO is a, was a very good looking model actor type guy. And this is my SO in COVID with COVID hair. And, you know, and he's laughing because, you know, we live in an, in a part of the country and our industry, both of our industries are very visual. So how we look, how our hair looks, our white teeth, our bodies, all these things. So it was so funny to share these selfies of, cause I'm like, what's going on with your hair? And he's like, COVID hair. Ah! And then I'm like, I showed him my COVID hair and he goes, your hair looks thin, like mine, which is normally thick and full. My COVID and treatment hair is much thinner. His hair made him look like, you know, the guy in The Shining. Well, you know, the thing for you, too, is you're almost done with their, all your treatments. And, you know, people, yes, they do look at you and admire you and they say that you're strong. But, you know, at the end of the day, you, you, you're, you, we cry the same way. We have our own insecurities. And I think even more so men and women women and men too are coming more in touch with their emotional side and we're getting to see that. And I think that's great that that's coming out in relationships as well is that we're sharing, you know, some of the things that hurt us, some of the things that we don't like. Right. When I called my SO and I'm like, you know, my hair is really thin and I was crying. I'm like, you know, I've got a big, I've got big patches where it is so thin you know, like, and I'm like, I jokingly said I could rent out my forehead for advertising space because, but, but, you know, we all have these things and we have like a, you know, this is where I, I got to, you know, sitting and getting my treatments. Like who is Sandra? Who is, you know, Maria? Because I sit and, you know, and I kind of peek in the other rooms, like where I go for treatments, there's chairs that you sit in. They're all kind of like ducks in a row. Then they have the treatment rooms where you lay down and depending on what I'm having done, I either get a bed or a chair and, you know, kind of things. And I'm like, I looked at this one guy and I was like, I was praying for him, Maria, because he looks so sick. He looks so terrible and then he gets up to go to the bathroom and he's dragging his iv by my you know like where my room is and he sticks his head in he goes hey toots how you doing this week and i looked at him I'm like oh my god he's so hot like you know he's like you know rocking the bald hair and he's really physically fit and i'm like but the way he looked in the bed he looked like he was one step away from pulling dirt over his head. <laughs> then he gets up and he's, you know, pushing his little IV thing down. And, you know, he's got a different cancer than I have. We're both talking, doing our little cancer flirting because it makes the, you know, the, the treatment fun. You know, like these are the things nobody tells you about. You know, I'm turning bright red, but like, why not flirt with the guy? You know, I got cancer. He's got cancer. Who knows? You know, you never know. But but the point being was my my image of this man laying down in the bed was so different when he just stood up. So that got me to thinking like, 
am I San with cancer? Am I San? Like, who are we? Like, we show up every day differently. Who I look like sitting in a chair with an IV in my arm is much different than who I am sitting on the spin bike. And so I think it's about loving, and this is what COVID taught me, it's about loving all the parts of ourselves. We don't just love our hair when it's curled and combed and, you know, thick and, and colored. And my friend who has breast cancer, she's done with her treatment now. She had such the greatest thing to tell me. She's told me how she never liked her boobs because they were too tiny and they were flat and one pointed east and one pointed west. And then she's like, then they cut them off. And all of a sudden, she's like, I never appreciated what I had. And that was a big aha for me. Like, I, I always liked my hair, but I never appreciated. I always liked my skin. I never appreciated. When they cut the chunk out of my arm for the cancer, I had a farewell to arm party, you know, like the night before we all went out, had some drinks, you know, before my surgery. And I'm like, a lot of times we don't value what we have till we miss it. So I'm hoping that love in the time of COVID teaches us that we're lovable, whatever our hair looks like. We're lovable, whatever our body looks like. You know, everybody talks about the COVID-19. The real COVID-19 is the 20 pounds we all put on. You know, that's the COVID-19. So are we any more or less lovable, Maria, when we show up as our best Facebook photo or like the deep, dark secret when we get up in the morning and we throw up because we had, you know, an infusion the day before? Who's ourself? You're right. And that's, that's the key thing is, is, you know, we wear different hats and people have different perceptions of who we are. And I think you said it so eloquently, you know, like you talked about the gentleman that you flirted with, he looks so frail, you know, and then when he got up, it was like, oh my gosh, this guy is like hot, he's healthy, because we have this perception of who we think we are. But you know what, it's, it's, it's so true, we need to just get to, um, and you're somebody who's serving you a little bit of lunch to make sure that you have nourishment because you need that. My seven-year-old, and look what he put together. He's got peanut butter, whole peanut butter and apples. and. Well, we just love that, taking care of mama. And they love mama, right? Just the same way whether mama's hair is thin, whether mama's put on 20 pounds, taken. Listen, like you said something, we need to be grateful, like your friend, too, that lost both her breasts. They were... That she felt felt they were imperfect, but really, what is imperfect? Right. Okay, it's imperfect as perception in your mind. When you don't have them, it's like, oh my god, what I had was better than what I don't have. Right. And and that's exactly what happens. And that's what we need to stop thinking that the grass is always greener on the other side. Okay. Basically, that's what it's all about. Right. And when you look at these dating profiles, like that was like another big aha that I had. Cause I'm like, you know, baldy, 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 no, 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 no. But then I'm like, oh my God, hot cancer guy. <laughs> like I mean, you can't get any more bald than somebody who has chemotherapy and they're completely bald. No eyebrows, no, you know, dark shadow, no eyelashes, no hair in their head. And this guy walks by me and I'm like, wow, yowza. So you know, like we have to rethink, I think, our profiles for dating. And, you know, four pictures of me, Maria, doesn't even scratch the surface of all the things I am. 
You know, it's interesting you said that because that's one of the things is I always tell clients, you, you need to have six pictures on your profile. First of all, the lighting is everything. And that's the key thing is lighting is everything. Two headshots and four body shots of you in action, not your kids, not your pets, not your toys. Okay. And this is what happens. And I even came across a profile the other day, hey, I live in Las Vegas, and I live in Laguna, and I've got my own plane, and I used to be an athlete, and, I, and he sent me a like, and, I'm th- and I sent him a like, I said, I don't think you need my like, I think you probably get another enough people, because you're selling what you have, right, you're not who you me. are, and the key thing is, is, especially with profiles, anybody out there that's listening, your pictures say a lot about you. I'm not going to say that they don't. It is okay if you're going to turn around and make sure the lighting is right, but make sure you look good. Make sure you, I, make sure it's just you. If you're going to send a headshot and put it on LinkedIn, you're, you're not going to have a picture of you and your dog with you on LinkedIn. Absolutely not. The same way. And also writing a profile. People just throw it up out there, Sandra, and think, oh, I don't care. They'll get to know me or I'll tell you later. No, somebody that's taken the time, if you spent the time to launch yourself online, follow it through. Give it your all. If you're doing it half halfway, you're going to get halfway results. Mm-hmm. If you're doing it the right way, you will get good results. And it's all a matter of the same way if you're filling out an application online for a job, you're not going to miss anything because it's not going to let you submit it. Right. Why the hell would you do that when it comes to your dating life? I'll never understand that. So that's a big tip because I come across lots of men and women's profiles. And you know what? All it takes is a little bit more thinking about it, right? Uh, putting a little bit more time into it. Yeah. Write something great about yourself. I'm not saying you have to brag about yourself, but take the time. Like, you know, why am I, you know, I love cooking and I love it. Why do I do that? Because it's my family values. It's what I was raised on. And that's what I'm looking for in a relationship, integrity, honesty, somebody that's not a couch potato, somebody that's looking maybe the spur, just being authentic. And that's one tip I can tell your listeners right now. That are I, love, I want to date you, not your boat, not your plane, not your dog, not your kid, kids grow up and leave, you know, so because I, I agree with you. It's like, you're selling yourself. Like, that's really what you're doing. You're putting yourself up on Amazon for dating. And so why would somebody pick, you know, one gym shoe over another or one jacket over another? We all do this. We go like, I buy fitness wear off of Amazon a lot. And I'll look and I'll look at the fitness model and I'll see, is she tall and skinny? Is she short and, you know, stocky? Like, what does she look like? How would that look on me? And that's the same thing with this, you know, like with an online dating profile, it's like, You got to show the reality of what it is. If your shirt is made for a six foot, you know, volleyball playing mom, that's not going to work for me. I I agree with you. And and another thing is, is, you know, gives, meet somebody, give them a chance, whether you meet online, you know, for the first date offline, I recommend that's why we have video chat because you can get to see who that person is. Just make sure that your background looks good. But if the person's not going to work out, you know what, don't try to fit a round circle into a square peg. It's just not going to work. That's okay. I'm going to like, we're going to end with this one and people can write in and tell me how awful this is. But if you're missing a foot, don't tell me you love to hike with me. (laughs) I had a blind date with a guy who was like everything I said he loved. He loved dogs. He loved kids. He loved this. His favorite thing was to hike and climb. Now, 
I worked with Outward Bound. I know that people with missing limbs from my military experience can do all sorts of amazing things. This guy wasn't one of them. He gets out of his car and we decide to meet at a park and he's missing a foot and he's got two walkers. And I'm like, how are we going to hike today? You know, and I didn't want to be rude or anything, Maria. You know, I didn't want to be like, oh, you know, like what's going on? So I'm going with it the whole thing. After like four steps, he's like, yeah, I can't, I can't do any trails. He's like, I can't do the beach. I can't do. And I'm like, so where, where do you hike? And he goes, well, I really don't. And I'm like, I walk every day, Maria. I walk up and down the mountains. The one thing that I put in my profile back then was I wanted somebody who loves to walk through nature, walk on streams or by streams, walk on mountains, walk in the snow, walk in the rain. There are people out there that love to walk as much as me. That's called eclipsing. That's the term eclipsing where they emulate to make to so that they become who you think they should be. Gotcha. So, right. So if you're missing a foot, you know, it's okay to miss a foot, but don't tell me you love hiking, surfing, biking, all these things that, you know, and if you're a modified bike and a modified foot, great. But you know, that's the thing, like with some of these profiles, like be yourself, someone will love you the way you are. So true. Thank you so much, Sandra, for having me on. I've been waiting too long. We shouldn't have waited this long again to have some more conversation about love. I know. I know. We'll have many more. So, Maria Romano, people can find you at True Love Knots. And you have a book, too. Let's talk about your book. Yes, Going From Just One to a Plus One. I wrote it during the pandemic. It's a great less than 100 pages. And it gets you to thinking about what you're looking for in relationships. So, um, I, again, you know, we need love in our life. And that's it's just like food, water, and shelter. So definitely. And now we're going to have to get back into the world. And I just started a new talk called Loving Your Way to the Top, where I speak to businesses. It's not what you think it is. It's about it's about extending love in the workplace, but totally not from the point of romantic love. And I'm so excited about that as well, because it's so relevant. And next time I come back, we'll have to talk about that. That's right. Absolutely. So Maria Romano, truelovenots.com. Knots is tied like love knot, K-N-O-T-S, truelovenots.com. We'll be back again next week. Thanks for spending time with us today on Military Mom Talk Radio. We've got more than 200 episodes available to you anytime on iTunes or at our website, MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com. Find us on Facebook or Twitter. We look forward to another great conversation with you on Military Mom Talk Radio.